Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. You're listening to episode number 42 with the one woman show behind Tagged Swim, Tyler Grove. In this episode, we talk about what it's like to actually own a swimwear company and her own hurdles in getting started, launching new cuts and styles, creating collections, and creating swimwear that's actually timeless and wonderful. I own now five pieces from Tag that they are definitely my preferred swimwear of choice. So it was so fun to talk to Tyler and how she marries her love of travel and culture and food with bikinis and swimwear in a beautifully artistic way. I really loved this episode, so I hope you do too. And don't forget to check her out on social. Enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by the Kiss My Loops video training. That's right, I created an entire TikTok training for creative entrepreneurs that teaches them how to set up, optimize, and get around TikTok so you can create content that best engages with your ideal client on TikTok, because believe me, they're on there. And if you listen to today's episode, you know what a powerhouse TikTok can be. So go ahead and check out today's show notes at mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. Click on the episode and you'll get the link exactly to the Kiss My Loops training. I hope you learn a lot. If you do, be sure to message me, tag me on Instagram, uh, tag me on everything, and enjoy the training. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I am your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build bragworthy brands for social media minded entrepreneurs. And you are in the right spot for branding, marketing, entrepreneurship advice that you can apply in your own business to better reach your ideal client online. Let's get to today's episode. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I have Tyler Grove here of Tag Swim, Miss Tag Swim herself, the everything, the CEO, the customer service, the the creative director, the visionary, everything of Tag. <laughs> and we just hung out on Instagram. So now we're going to tell you about it on the podcast. Tyler, welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, me too. So for everyone who maybe doesn't know you or doesn't follow you yet, maybe they missed the Instagram portion. Can you tell us who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So my name is Tyler Ty Ty Grove on Instagram. Um, I am the founder of Tag Swim, which is a luxury swimwear line produced in Bali um, by a fully woman-run facility out there. Um, our goal when we initially launched Tag was to create a luxury swimsuit under the hundred-dollar price point that traditional brands have, and we're now live for about a year, which is crazy to even say. <laughs> It's wild. This year has absolutely flown by and your background is actually more towards e-commerce and lifestyle brands with you have a personal passion for travel, which you and I connected yes. about. <laughs> um, but tell us how that relates to the swimwear line specifically. Yeah. So uh, my background, like you said, is completely in digital marketing. I worked at an e-commerce marketing agency out in LA for two years. And then prior to that, I was working in destination marketing in the travel space. So definitely I have a full marketing background. Um, and I actually started tagged while I was at the agency out in LA, um, was working there for about two years. After about a year of working in agency life, I realized it probably wasn't going to be for me in the, in the corporate area and really wanted to start my own business. Ended up starting Tagged and left my job about a year ago now, which is 
which is crazy. But I can definitely say working in the agency helped to start Tagged. Um, it was kind of like the the starting off point. Because I was working at an agency, I had the ability to work with hundreds of brands um, on their e-commerce and also had my hands in a lot of the swimwear brands. So it made it a little bit easier in the sense of I already had a grasp on the space. I knew the marketing side of it and got really lucky to find a producer. And that's kind of how it started. And I love that you talked to us on Instagram about how the first kind of kickstart and the first hurdle was really actually getting funding for your company because you were young, you are high risk for a lender. I'd know this as I just went through the home loan application process. And it's like, you're, you're going to say you're self-employed and you need money. And the banks are like, ha ha. <laughs> so how did that process kick off? And then based on the funding, like give us an overview of some of the things that you didn't expect when having to start a swimwear line from, from square one. Yeah, just like you said, getting funding from a bank when you are 23 and have absolutely no real assets, you don't own anything, is pretty much nearly impossible. So I went to several different banks to try to get a loan. It wasn't even like an outrageous loan. I got my loan for about $35,000 when we first started, which is less than some cars. So I was like, you guys, I'm not asking for the world. I just need this pocket of money. But it was really hard. I ended up going with a, a small business loan. And you can find them I, if anybody's listening and they're looking to get a loan for a small business. I definitely suggest finding one within your niche. So I found one that was specifically giving small business loans to women in my city. So that's how I was able to start. And that made literally all the difference to actually be able to get the loan um, and start the business. But one of the other pieces that I had no idea once I finally got the loan was actually like the time of once you get the loan to actually having a product and being able to sell it from the day I got the loan to being able to sell the product. It was like almost a year of work, which obviously when you're starting off, you're like, I just want the product. I just want to sell, but it definitely takes some time. So you kind of have to bake that in um, to your loan because right when you get your loan, you start having to pay loan installments. So for any entrepreneurs out there, getting a loan, starting a business, ask all the questions you can um, and definitely do all your research because there's so many little nuances like that, that I had to learn along the way that would have been very helpful had I known prior. Well, and so different than a service-based business. So I started my business at 21, sitting on the floor of my parents' house in Tahoe, just being like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like here they're like here, here's how you do a contract, here's how you send an invoice because you're you're exchanging your skills for money. So it's like yes. you're not worrying about getting prototypes and then getting manufacturing and then figuring out a supply chain. Like all of that takes time and in the meantime, you owe the bank money and you don't you haven't even sold anything yet. That's kind of stressful. The overhead with starting a product-based business is like going into it, I really didn't know what it was going to be like. So that was definitely a shock for me because similar to you, I was primarily in the service-based business before. So I really didn't think anything of it, but that was a huge learning curve and something now I'm very proud of. I've never missed a loan payment. I've been able to pay it off. Um, and it's been a huge hurdle, but something I'm proud to have accomplished. Heck yeah. So not only are you running the finances side, but you're also your own creative director, designer, um, customer service person, web support person, social media marketer. What 
aspects of running tagged are your favorite and what are your the ones that you're like man I can't wait to make enough money to outsource this (laughs) yeah um my favorite part is definitely the actual design process and coming up with the campaigns um every piece of tagged is like so emotional for me and so personal from the name of tagged which is literally my initials to every single print it's all something that I've chosen for a reason and has a big story behind it. So that piece of everything in the design process is definitely my favorite. Um, The most stressful piece is by far customer service. It's just something I hadn't had to deal with before. In a service-based business, customer service is very different because you're providing a service um, that can typically be a little bit altered per person. But when you're providing a product, you have size small to extra large. And these are the styles, these are the colorways, and this is what you can provide. And so I wasn't expecting how hard it was going to be, especially being a perfectionist and somebody that wants everything to be perfect every single time to have to deal with like the exchanges and the returns and the what if something didn't get delivered and all of those little pieces of actually running a product-based business um, is definitely like the hardest and something the second I can outsource, like I'll somebody take it. Well, you told me a crazy story of a, a swimwear that got sent to the wrong mailbox. Oh my gosh. Can you tell us that? <laughs> such a good story and it's such a good example of like these are things you can never really anticipate right like for myself service-based business like someone signs on for brand design it has its own like handful of like ups and downs but ultimately like they're gonna get what they paid for and there's like Mm -hmm. almost no overhead versus my parents business interior design loads of overhead lots of risk lots that could go on but even in swimwear you had this great story (laughs) of it getting sent (laughs) to the wrong place it's so good oh my gosh yes I've this was probably one of the most stressed out days I've actually had I got this huge order I was super excited about it I sent it out and I happened to be back in San Diego for just like the week and the woman who had purchased the suits she lived like 30 minutes from my house. And she emailed me saying that the suits never arrived. It had been like seven days since we shipped them out. It should have been there. Tracked the order. It said it was delivered. And she was like, it, it look, it hasn't shown up. And it's one of those instances when you're in a product-based business, you're like, okay, that's a lot of product. When you're a small business, it's scary because you're like, do I refund the customer? That's a loss of not only the customer most likely, but also the product. So I kind of had a decision to make and I ended up calling USPS and just being like, where is this? And they couldn't give me an answer. So I figured, you know what, I'm just going to drive down to Oceanside and figure out where this package is. Drove around for hours and lo and behold, they delivered it to the wrong address. I had to go pick it up from this other address and like hand deliver it to the girl And so it was like a whole day process, but long story short, I think going the extra mile for your customers, especially because we're so small is so needed because now I have more of a lifetime customer. She's come back and bought so many more suits and is so thankful for it that she'll probably buy suits a couple times a year now. So very happy it all got solved. Those are the make or break things that like, there's two parts. I feel like one, it's reminding the person that you're a small business and you're not Amazon, you're not Target, you're not Nordstrom. And number two, it's like by creating, being a small business and supporting another small business, it's now like, um, this is what falls under like brag worthy brand category for me, (laughs) because it's like, 
it's a, it ends up as a conversation. Now it's like when I wear this swimwear, I want to tell everyone about it because I'm like, yeah, I know the girl that makes it. Like she's so nice and cool. And it just kind of creates a little bit more of that like emotional, like storytelling aspect. But to the first part, Lindsay said this about Hotel Lobby Candle as well. She goes, I'll forgive just about anyone if they have great customer service. She goes, if I have something wrong with my hotel room and they want to put me up at a penthouse suite because they're so sorry for my troubles, she's like, I'll pretty much forget about anything. So I think customer service is so important. Well, and it's so funny because Lindsay has kind of like the parallel in her life with hotel lobby and then hotels. And I have it more in like the food and Bev industry. When I go to a restaurant, if I don't like something or if like something's wrong and they like they are as nice as can be, they exchange it out and they do that, I will go back a hundred times over. And that's kind of where my background came from with my love for food, which I wanted to kind of parallel into bathing suits, which is so such a contrast, but the hospitality is there. So related. The hospitality is there. I think like when I think of the experience of like eating at a great restaurant or wearing a swimsuit that you just love it has very much that like carpe diem like joy de vivre kind of like I just like it just feels delicious is that weird so (laughs) we talked about this over happy hour when you were kind of thinking about your idea for the shoot of the line that just launched and I told you I was like I would love to see a whole thing where girls are just pigging out on an entire like Italian festa like eating pasta and pizza and just like hanging in your bikini because those are two things that a lot of people mentally put in opposition especially this time of year like headed into summer so tell us about how that went down and and what the result was of that shoot so first of all credit to you a thousand percent for the idea it was it was like one of those things that I was like, I, this would be so, this would be so fun if I could pair like my love for food with my suits, but I never brought it together fully. So you put the idea in my head and I was like, yes, this makes sense. We have to do this now. But it was such a fun shoot. I've never seen girls be so excited to eat in bikinis. It was amazing. The funny part of it was me actually trying to get to this house lugging like pasta and all these things and then trying to set it up on the table to make it look all beautiful so that that was great um but basically the the goal of the line was in Italy which I am Italian my whole family's Italian you go to the beach and you sit down at like Alito and you actually ha- enjoy a huge lunch. That's tradition there. Um, you take like a couple hours out of your day, you have wine, you have pasta, you have pizza, and you enjoy all these beautiful things and you do it in a bikini. And that's just what how the nature of like their tradition is. And so I really wanted to bring that into a line. And that's why we called it Albaccio, which essentially means chef's, chef's kiss in Italian. And kind of bring that tradition to life and highlight it. Because I think a lot of times in the States, it's almost like oddly frowned upon to eat in a bathing suit, like, which I never understood. I was always the kid who's like stuffing my face at the beach because I'm hungry. Um, But there's like this weird thing in the States where a lot of people feel like they need to throw on a cover up or do something where they're not eating like physically in a bathing suit. And so I just kind of wanted to contrast that and just show that you can eat in a bikini. It's it's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy yourself. And one of the great joys of life is food. Um, and a bikini is just something you wear. So that's just what we wanted to highlight with it. And brilliant move on your part, including the recipe card for the pasta with the bathing suits. So smart. I opened this out of the package and I was like, oh, literally chef's kiss. Like that's such a 
a, a wonderful way to pull it together. And also like hearing the backstory of how the print was inspired by a plate that you saw in Italy. Like for the people that really, really care about your brand. And this is what I try to tell my clients all the time is like, plant those Easter eggs, like make it so that people who are paying attention, not only notice, but appreciate it because then they want to keep coming back. They're like part of the story. So, so smart. And I can absolutely see all of your launches from here on out, having some kind of food or drink component incorporated. It makes so much sense. But I want to touch on what you started talking about, which is that feeling of like, there is this cultural divide versus, and I spent loads of time in Europe and like traveling all over. I know you have as well. And like this culture or the mental culture around bikinis and swimsuits and and swim in general, especially as females, um, you know, nineties babies, like, and now female entrepreneurs of like, we're at this beautiful point where I I've noticed a significant shift from it has to look or be this way to now there's so many more options. Like my youngest sister and I are 10 years apart and like seeing Lizzo on TikTok, like she made a video yesterday, I think where she's like, Oh my gosh, thanks. Thank you. And it's like, the caption is like complimenting and like you complimenting and recognizing a beautiful fat woman. And she's like, (laughs) I know I look good. Like, don't I look great? And just had this great, vibe about it, which like didn't exist when 10 years ago. So I think when we talked on Instagram, we said, we're really hopeful for the idea of it kind of being more of a, we wish that 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 didn't have to be a conversation, but I feel optimistic about the shift. How do you feel as a female entrepreneur owning a swimmer brand now in 2021 that might've been different even a few years ago? Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think now people are starting to lean towards being more open-minded about kind of wearing a bathing suit and what that looks like and what the ideal female body is. And in my personal like journey in the swimwear industry, one of the first people who I saw that would kind of like broke that barrier in my head was Monday Swimwear with Natasha and Devin. And I remember when they first launched, they were like my favorite brand of all time. And I saw Natasha and Devin's body and I was like, that's that's what I want to be. I've had, I want to have curves. I want to be like this more of a woman shape. I don't want to be this stick. I don't want to feel like I can't have curves and have a bust and have a butt and all these different things. And so with starting tagged, I just wanted to make sure to highlight we like anybody's body. We don't focus on like a specific body type. We don't have any, you have to be this size to model for us. We do open casting calls with everything. My sister's model for us. Um, It's not about being any particular way. And I think that's something that in the swimmer industry now, it's become a lot more acceptable. Um, And I think what's really encouraging about the swimmer industry too is as it continues to grow, I see younger and younger women launching their own brands. And that gives me hope because I'm like, okay, well, if all these younger women are launching their brands and their idols are showing body positivity and just showing that you can be any shape or size in a swimsuit and it really doesn't matter. And we don't even really need to have the conversation. It's just, you are what you are and you're beautiful as long as you're happy. You know, that that's kind of what we want to focus on. I think it's such a worthy conversation. And some of the other brands I'm working with right now, like I'm working with a shapewear company, technically liftwear company called Buxomly. Yes. And in our research, we've been talking a lot about the difference between the male gaze and the female gaze. And specifically with us now approaching their social, which will be 
happening soon. Um, we're talking about like feeling glamorous and feeling beautiful and feeling sexy, but not because of there having to be a presence of a man, but feeling it be beautiful for yourself. Because I think that that's in advertising. Traditionally, we say sex sells, right? And like yeah. being this pinnacle of what's attractive or being the cultural norm of what is perceived to be attainable or perceived to be to be on that that high pedestal is kind of like morphing it's like looking different yeah and it's nice to kind of like feel confident feel beautiful feel feel sexy feel um womanly even like you said without having to have any exterior circumstances exactly so how do you kind of branch that because you talked about your suits also having elements that are feminine and still have like a sweet girliness to them um, which I think is something that you do so tastefully that a lot of other swim bra- swimwear brands don't because they're trying to go like full sexy route. So talk <laughs> to us about how like you kind of approach that balance of we said there's a few different like I kind of see them as seesaws. It's like trendy and timeless. And then it's like sexy and feminine can kind of be the seesaw. So where do you feel? How do you navigate all of those criteria? Because there's loads. Yeah, no, there are. There's a, a lot to kind of dissect there, especially when designing. And I think one of the things with my swimwear is I always wanted to make sure there was somewhat of an option for everyone. There's always like, we're not going to please everybody with every single suit. And I knew that going into it, but I wanted to at least have something that a good majority of people could choose from. So when it came to at least the bottoms, um, I'm, I grew up in California. We were like Brazilian bottoms all the way, like as small as it could go. I used to literally cut my bikinis to make them smaller, my poor father. And that's just how it was. And so I think when it comes to like aligning the femininity with like the seductive and all these different pieces, it wasn't like intentional necessarily. I just always designed based on like what was comfortable to me and what I'd want to wear, as well as always making sure that things were going to be adjustable for people. Because when I wear swimwear, at least um, I have an athletic body shape. So different swimwear would fit me differently. I also don't have a bust at all. So I'd always get really frustrated when I'd want to wear like an underwire top and it just didn't fit me because it would like pop open. And I'm like, okay, I don't fill this out. Remember so. those from like the 2000s, the Victoria's Secret push-up bikinis with like yes. the padding where you'd go swimming and you'd have to jump out of the pool and go like, and like squish all the water out. And it would like just oh calm down. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What a headache. Like that's the thing too, that I feel like swimwear has come so far from. Yes, exactly. So I think it's really just balancing finding something that you can see yourself wearing if you're age 20 or if you're age 50. Like my mom wears all of our swimwear and it doesn't look weird that she's wearing it because we try to make sure that it is timeless and it's something that people can wear regardless of age. Um, And that was always the focus. And so I, again, I don't think it was intentional. I just think I always design based on what I would want to wear. And as long as I stay true to that, I feel like I'll be happy with the product. Yeah, the other aspect that you have that's really interesting is the versatility of all the pieces. And I think when you're thinking about product-based businesses and also with under this idea of like, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to have these conversations. Like it should be the expectation that things are sustainable. It should be the expectation that you would want to support a local business. It should be the expectation that like, that things are built to last. And it's unfortunate that like our society got to the point where we kind of lost track of that and like things became fast fashion and came really wasteful and yeah. started watching Seaspiracy and that's super <laughs> depressing to watch. But I think the versatility gives you great options within the brand to talk about it like long lasting and mm-hmm. that these suits are built 
to last, not only material, but style-wise to kind of evolve beyond, which I think gives you that really timeless quality. Was that intentional? It was. It was definitely intentional in the sense that I think that all the swimsuits I've owned, it like it continues to like even if I happen to gain a couple pounds here or there, I can adjust it just slightly and it'll still fit great. And so I just wanted to make sure that regardless of if you ate like a huge pizza that day or if you didn't, the swimsuit, you could adjust it just slightly to make sure it fit perfect. And so that was always my goal was just comfort when it came to adjustability, which I think when something's comfortable, it just naturally lasts longer in your closet. Absolutely. And also because you like the way that it feels. I think that's a really important aspect as well. So when you're doing your own research for your your ideal client or your loyal customer base, how do you kind of either formally lay that out or do you have it more internal of like, I know who I'm talking to because I'm talking to the version of me. <laughs> it's like, that's how I feel about my marketing. So who who for you fits this like tagged muse? Like who's that ideal client for you guys? That's such a good question. Um, I think it varies to be very honest because I think it is me. Like if I looked at the tagged ideal client, I'd be like, okay, it's me, obviously. Yeah. But <laughs> I think because of that, like I have a lot of different pieces of myself that I see in a lot of different aspects of a lot of my client or our customers. So I have a lot of girls who are super athletic and they love the suits because like they fit their athletic body type. We have a lot of girls who they might be a little different than me, but they're completely flat, flat chested and they love our Paxos top because it gives them a lift where normally they feel like they can't wear those kinds of suits. So I think it really runs the gamut in terms of like our actual customer base. Um, but what I do see a lot of is that there are women who are a like confident and just like happy and want to wear a suit because it makes them feel happy. And they're also out like living their best lives. A lot of them are tagging the suits all around the world, which literally brings me joy, <laughs> so much joy. Um, so I, it's hard to say like there's one specific customer, but I do think that the customers that have been coming back again and again have some kind of like desire to go explore the world. I think that's like the common thread I've seen. I mean, I bought the one of the Albaccio collection and I messaged my sister because we're dying to go to Italy together. She's never <laughs> been to Positano and we want to do like an Amalfi Coast kind of trip. And I said, well, I'm going to buy the one piece. So if you buy the bikini, then we can both wear them together on our trip next year. And she's like, done. <laughs> so we ended up ordering them at the same time. But I think it gives you um, such a great investing in small business gives me the warm fuzzies because as a small business owner, it's like, I know I feel that way when people invest in me. So I think that that like having that story aspect is so important. So for someone who's looking to start either a swimwear line, a lifestyle brand, um, any kind of product-based business, what's your like kernel of advice that they should take away from this episode? I think when it comes to starting your own business, just have have as much emotional attachment as you can with it and make it as personal as possible because that's what people are going to relate to. That's what they're going to come back for. And that's what's going to make you different in the market. Um, whenever we look for branding or do anything in terms of like campaigns, I look at what the swimwear industry is doing and I make sure to do the opposite. That's like my go-to. So because I just want it to be different and so I think when it comes to trying to figure out how to launch a business, just do something that's uniquely you. Don't try to be anybody else. Don't try to follow the trends. Um, do something that really means something to you and people who are like you or have similar values will follow. 
So true. And I do this with my clients too, of like, we kind of throw all of their interests into a Venn diagram and lay mm-hmm. out like, okay, I have this client, um, this type of client here and this type of client there. But then I also really love stained glass portraits of dragonflies, whatever the random thing is. Right. Yeah. And what I always try to point out is like, you're going to have way more crossover in those like overlapping areas than you think you do for me it's like I love musicals and anyone that knows me personally knows I love musicals and when I post about loving musicals weirdly I get great engagement because there's enough of my audience that also likes that that it kind of becomes a great conversation starter a great connection point that's really not related to what I do but I think you're finding out as well as like your love of food is very related to your design of swimwear Exactly. And I just keep keep meshing them together and you'll find some kind of success or like the people you're meant to be with always. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where can everyone find Tag Swim? Can you give us any hints or previews of what's to come? I know you just launched something, so I don't want you to make you feel like you have to let the cat out of the bag. But what can we anticipate from Tagged? And then where can people come shop? So in the next few months, we're, we are launching, and I kind of teased this before, but we're going to be launching a high-waisted bottom. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. I think I get asked it like every single week. So yes, it's coming. Um, it'll be with a, a summer launch. So stay tuned for that. And then to find Tagged, it's just tagswim.com and then at tagswim on Instagram and TikTok. And you have a special little something for anyone that's been yes. listening. Tell us what it is. MKW Creative for 15% off your swimwear purchase. Heck yeah. Perfect for summer, (laughs) you guys. I think I own, let's see, I have the blue set, the striped set, a black, a blue floral, and a striped one piece. So that's I'm up to five in my collection and I'm addicted. I'm aggressive about it, but I'm addicted to it. So definitely... No, I appreciate it. (laughs) MKW approved, for sure. Thank you. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch everybody next time on the podcast. See ya. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Don't forget to rate review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or really anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to come on over to the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group, same name as the podcast. And lastly, if you're looking for those resources, links, or anything else we talked about on today's episode, you can find those on my website, mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. Catch you next time.